Syracuse has a chance to bounce back against Georgia Tech on the road in Blacksburg. We'll talk about that game on Locked On Syracuse. Starts right now. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Friday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, Okay, we're talking Cuse. We're talking Tech. Hokies Orange in a rematch as Syracuse took out the Hokies on the home floor, 82-72 to back on January 11th of this year. Um, it was a game in which Grandpa Silly went off for 26 points. Justin Mutz had 21. Uh, I think a game that a lot of people were worried that the Orange would lose, but Joe Girard came up real big. He shot 10-20 from the floor, had 24 points. Uh, and it was a collective scoring effort otherwise. A decent game from Justin Taylor off the bench. He had 29 minutes, 10 points. I don't think we'll see that this time just because that guy doesn't play much anymore. But uh, a Syracuse team that has grown quite largely uh, since then. The last couple of weeks, I think that this team has made huge strides. Now able to compete, uh, you know, put up competitive results against teams like Virginia and North Carolina. So, uh, the Syracuse team should be able to take Virginia Tech out, even though it's on the road. Uh, Tech 2-7 and seven in conference play, although they did just beat the Duke Blue Devils uh, at home, which is an impressive feat, 78-75 in that one in Virginia. Uh, so they lost seven straight um, ACC games from Boston College to Clemson and five in between them, and then they beat Duke and now have a chance to make it two in a row against Syracuse, but a Syracuse team that is coming off of a really tough loss. I don't think I'd want to be in Virginia Tech's shoes, as everybody on that Syracuse team is probably pretty angry at the uh, result that uh, there was in the JMA Dome. Owen, how do you feel about this one? I'll tell you what, it's it's a must-win for Syracuse. It's a big-time game for them. They need to bounce back. They need to be able to come in and and get the job done. And this is, it's a tough game, right? No ACC game is a gimme on the road. And we, we've learned that if you watch the ACC this season, it has been time and time again, where there have been, you know, big time teams going on the road and losing. So be, be prepared for this. It's, it's a difficult thing to, to win ACC games on the road. And so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. There's a lot of I think conversation that happened after that UNC game, uh, a lot of right immediate thoughts, immediate feelings, things like that. And when I look back at this game, now that I've let it cool a little bit, and I see, yes, the result is incredibly frustrating. But I also see a team that that's a hell of a lot better than they were a few months ago. And I, I do think this is a team that that's going to be able to fight in games remaining on this schedule. And this is a game where they can come out and show that and be able to do 
what they've been doing uh, and hopefully end up on the right side of things in this game. This is, it's a tough matchup, right? And they got, I'm going to say pretty fortunate the first time around when they played Virginia tech, we were just saying before we jumped on right, Virginia tech shot less than 16% from three. The first time they played, they were atrocious from deep. They were three for 19 from deep in this game. It was horrible, right? They shoot a reasonable human percentage and this game could have been very different, right? So, yes, Syracuse walked in uh, into the Dome and, and walks out with a 10-point victory the first time around. Uh, this is a team that did not play its best game of basketball. Good news for Syracuse. It's a game of a team in Virginia Tech that has not been playing many good games of basketball uh, and not been playing to the level that I think myself, probably you, a lot of people uh, midway through December thought this team could play. This was a team that was outstanding record-wise, winning games against decent opponents. And they have been atrocious in the ACC, as you said. Uh, and then somehow they, they snatch their two wins in the ACC, despite being two and seven in the conference, are against Duke and UNC. That makes absolutely yeah. no sense. They've got and wins they only... against Duke and UNC and losses to BC, Wake, Clemson, NC State, SU, Virginia, Clemson. It makes zero sense. And that means that this is time for, for Syracuse to be able to play a good game. Um, but it's also a sign that Virginia Tech can play when they show up and play a decent game as well. Yeah, and you got to remember in the game that Syracuse played against Tech already, they did not have Hunter Couture, who is the heart and soul of that team. He came yeah. back on the 18th against Virginia and has played against Virginia, Clemson, and Duke. Had 15 against Duke. He's a really, really good player for them. Uh, so that's a guy that you're going to have to look out for. Hit five threes in that game, five of ten from behind the arc in that one. So Couture is going to be a thorn in Syracuse's side uh, and gives them a different look that, than they saw last time. Um, but to your point about the schedule and how they're two and seven, but they've beat two really good teams. They also lost to Clemson by one point, who's one of the best teams in the ACC this season uh, in their their game right before Duke. And then they also lost to Clemson by three. So they, they kept it close with Clemson in two big games. So uh, this tech team definitely better than their record, uh, but still, you know, Syracuse, this is a must win for the orange. They have to go into this game uh, with that mentality, because if you fall to 13 and nine, and then you have Virginia and you may you're probably, I mean, with momentum like that, you're probably going to be 13 and 10, pick up a couple Boston College and Florida State back-to-back. Then you have four tough games, NC State, Duke, Clemson, Pitt, that are all projected losses right now. I mean, you need this win, and you need it for its momentum. You need it for uh, another number in the the win column. Uh, You need it. So Syracuse needs to go down to Blacksburg and take care of business, because if not, you can – I won't say you can, you know, kiss the tournament goodbye, but you're getting a lot, lot closer – uh, to that feeling. So they definitely have to go get this one, Owen. Uh, I mean, there really is no question about it. And, I, and you know, I am feeling more confident uh, than what the line suggests. I mean, it's right now, what is that, a six-point line? Um, I think it's. I think they're better than that. A six-point loss, really? I mean, this is a team that just that should have beaten UNC uh, and, you know, one that played really, really close with Miami and arguably should have won that game too and played competitive against Virginia. So, uh, and should have beaten Pitt as well. So this is a Syracuse team that comes really close to beating the good teams uh, and should have on a couple of occasions. And 
Like we all know, Jim Beheim's not doesn't want to talk about it, as we learned in that press conference. But still, uh, they're a good team, better than people probably give them credit. Uh, and a lot of people still out there think they're on the tournament. Yeah, I, I think you bring up six points does seem a little harsh, given a double-digit win for Syracuse the first time around, given the way Virginia Tech has been playing. I, I get it's on the road, but, but six does seem a, a bit much, given – the first matchup and the circumstance with both teams and, you know, looking at the losses that Syracuse has had. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I do think that seems a little bit tough. I, I'm interested to see in this game, you know, what happens next in terms of a lot of these conversations that we've been having. Um, but Syracuse, the fact of the matter is, you know, has had two games where they were winning down the stretch in Miami and North Carolina, where they had leads with limited time remaining and came up short both times. Uh, and, and you would kill for either of those games back. You really would. Um, and it's unfortunate, but you, you have to deal with, you know, what's already happened. And you, you've got to try and, and make up for this situation. I don't think I'm going to come out here and say that they're in the tournament or have a chance at the tournament or a good chance at the tournament. There, there's an outside shot in, sure, right? But you got to start winning games, and you got to start winning every game. There's no more, okay, you drop the game. You drop the game to a good team, right? You got to win out. Go ahead, win out. Put yourself in the tournament. Then go win the ACC tournament. Have some fun, right? Do something like that, yeah. But right now, I am looking at a team that is really young and a team that's grown a ton and a team that has a lot of potential and I'm excited for, for what the future holds with this team, even if there have been a great number of frustrating moments so far this season. I agree. Uh, there's a lot to build on for the future. And, and I think a lot of people don't like that kind of conversation because that means you're kind of giving up on the now. But, I mean, there, there is no doubt about it that this team, if they stay together, which is going to be a difficult task within itself, uh, has a lot to be happy about going forward. Uh, but let's take a quick break. This one brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America. That's FanDuel, of course. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Owen, what do you like? What's your bet of the weekend? Oh, I am going to throw this one out there. And the, the last two I gave, I have been really like, yeah, I would take that if I were you. This one, I'm not sure, but I'm going to throw it out there because I, I like this bet. And it's just going to be my my remainder of the season prediction. Give me the Bengals over the Niners. Exact Super Bowl forecast at plus seven hundred. Why not? Wow, I like that from you. All right. Well, if you're like Owen, take that bet maybe. But this isn't gambling advice, of course. Uh, uh, do it on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use, so football fans don't miss out. Place your first five dollar bet. To get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Okay, we are talking Syracuse and Virginia Tech basketball here on Lockdown Syracuse. Uh, 
Um, I mean, we we broke down the SU loss. We did. And, you know, it still kind of hurts, one that you wish you could have had, um, one that I thought they did have. Uh, Judah, of course, was throwing elbows, um, maybe less violently than the refs decided, but who cares at this point? Um, regardless, this is still a really good team, one with tons of potential, one with tons of talent. Um we talked about a couple episodes ago, who's your guy to uh, play that three spot. Uh, who did I pick? Taylor? That was a botch. Taylor did not work out. Um, I can't be, see, I'm not Bone Stradamus all the time. You know, I can turn it on and turn it off, but it doesn't always work out. Um, yes. I got Malik right. I got Taylor wrong. But maybe Taylor, you know, put me right next year, maybe even later in this season. Um, but, you know, I feel like this team, I don't know, it's pretty cut and dry at this point to me in terms of, the issues they have and the strengths that they have. It, it, they'll win if Joe Girard puts up 30-something. And if he doesn't and Jesse doesn't help out, they won't. And if Judah doesn't work, it doesn't work. I mean, it's just they're at a point right now where it's like, yeah, we, the, we, the rotations are there. You just got to play uh, and hit your shots. So I don't know. Owen, how do you feel? Um, I, I feel weirdly okay. I'm going to be honest. Um, I, I said this on a solo episode without you a couple of, wow. maybe a week or so ago mm-hmm. that I, I've reestablished expectations for this team as being a team that at this point in time is just okay. And is going to have an okay season. And since then, I, I think a lot of, a lot of things have been easier to see. Um, I, I hate doing it, but I don't know if we were having this chat or if I was having this with someone else, but. It sucks to have this conversation right now and to have these thoughts, but it really is just like an, I'm starting to think, I hope the group stays together. I hope the youth stays and things like that. I know the climate in college basketball right now, and it's very easy to up and transfer. But I think if this group stays, there's, there is genuinely a really good amount to be excited about. Uh, I like what they've done. I like the growth that they've had. Uh, I, I like that they've battled this year. Uh, and continue to battle even after bad games people are coming in and right they'll take their minutes when they get them and occasionally popping off like it's cool to see people that are not having easy success continue to hustle continue to grind continue to take advantage of minutes when they get them and and go off you know you've got a guy like chris bell who's had a couple of games recently that that's popped off uh taylor's had a few games where he's done big things like that benny shows it every once in a while um Malik Brown does it right like it, it is cool to see these guys sort of just, just have things work when it works and, and I do like that and I think it's really exciting to see you know what they could build towards and build to uh, with a little bit more time together and a little bit more experience and things like that it's unfortunate right I'm not saying it's something to be overjoyed about I'm not saying that's what we wanted right I said that this team if the freshman panned out had the potential to be an elite eight team Right. I didn't want this to happen. But right now I, I've seen, I've adjusted, and I, I'm sort of replenishing where my thoughts were and what I wanted out of this team and the expectations. I think it's a very similar situation to I predicted serious football to go four and eight. And they started the season six and oh. And at six and oh, you reevaluate a little bit. You start to change your expectations. The season outlook changes. 
And so although, right, I, I thought a little bit too high of this team, I said they could be an Elite Eight team. I thought they were a tournament team. It's time to reevaluate a little bit. It's a team with a future. It's a team with potential moving forward and a team with a lot of really young talent that I do believe is young talent that can build to a ton. And I hope we get to see it happen in Orange at Syracuse because, right, it seems like something I want to see. I, I want this team to get back to the level that, that we've seen it at in, you know, a little north of a decade ago at this point. They can do it. They've got the youth. Attack the transfer portal in the offseason like we've been told by reputable recruiting people that they think they're going to do and be able to do. And put yourself together a nice little team for next season with some experience coming in from other points in the area or in college basketball. I don't really care where the talent comes from. But I think this is a team that can pull something off moving forward. It is unfortunate, however, that with 10 games left in the season, these are the thoughts that I'm having. I will say that. I'm not happy that those are the thoughts, but I am kind of pleased with what I can see happening moving forward. Here's what I think about the offseason. I think you're going to lose at least two of the transfers. I mean, of the the, the freshmen. Um, but I think that it's going to be a transfer-heavy offseason in, in terms of imports. I think they're going to hit the transfer portal hard. Uh, and they're going to do whatever they can to make next year's team one that's uh, in win-now mode, especially if they get Judah back and they know that he's not coming back for year three because it would be, at this point, not a miracle, but, I mean, he's not ready for the NBA, but, I mean, that might not be true in his head, and he might pull a Malachi Richardson and say, sayonara, I'm going to go play for the Kings. Uh, so who knows? Um, so if they get Judah back, which they should because, like I said, he can't shoot a three and he's not ready for the NBA – um, they're going to hit the transfer portal hard and they're going to try and make next year's team win now. Uh, and that would be awesome because we'd see new faces and we'd see a team that is just doing whatever they can to win. Um, but at the same time, if by some miracle you got everybody back, you're right. I mean, there would be so much talent. They'd be such a great team, but they'd still need a center. Uh, because I don't know how much I trust Peter Carey to do anything right now, because honestly, I forgot about him. Um, but, you know, you'd have Judah, you'd have Quadir, you'd have Benny, you'd have Malik, and you'd have somebody else that you need to play center. Um, but anyway, that's how I see it going. But all right, let's get into predictions, unless you have a rebuttal there. No, I was just going to say, I would like to reestablish the fact that Sometimes we have selective hearing. Uh, I am guilty of it. A lot of people are guilty of it. And albeit we were critical of one Judah Mintz after UNC and the way that game ended because of, I say, parallels, I... because of parallels it had to other endings this season. Neither of us are here saying Judah is bad. I don't think we're even saying I he's just okay. Kid. We're I think he's great. We both think he's great. I think he's one of the best things that Syracuse basketball has had in recent years. However, when you have expectations like that and have established yourself as someone like that, you can be critical every once in a while. And you can be critiqued. Because when you are playing at such a high level, the things that get critiqued are at a high level. 
So I understand that sometimes it might come out a little harsh. But the issue we have with Judah, and even you didn't really even seem to care, not in like a bad way, I'm just saying like that, was just that that ending had a number of parallels with the way the Pitt game ended and the way the Miami game ended. That was the point. That was the criticism. Uh, and we just wanted, at least I did, and I, I'm fine with Judah bringing the ball up at the end. I'm fine with Judah doing his thing, right? He's the best probably shot creator this team has and has had in a couple of years. However, if there's an open man, I would love to run a play and potentially not have to say Judah iso ball and get past a man and create a shot being the only option. I think that was my take. I think we might even be on the same page with that, even though you said you were great with him taking the shot and I was not uh, at the end of that game. I, I think we're on the same page of just – let the offense do a little something. Do not only rely on that. And I think that was our critique. So I am sorry, but I'm also not sorry. Uh, and, and that is where I will leave it. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I defended the kid. I don't, I think he's great. Anyway, so let's I, do predictions, 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 predictions for this Virginia tech game. Um, Tech's a good team. They're on the home yeah. floor. Uh, this one's tough. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be a Syracuse win. I say Syracuse wins this game by four or five points. Okay. I, I, I think I agree. I would even say flip the spread. I'll take Syracuse covering an inverted spread. I'll take the orange by eight in this one. I think this is a game that, they are pretty well equipped to compete in and win in, uh, and they showed it, albeit with you know some interesting scenarios with Couture not playing, with Virginia shooting what I would have to assume is its worst, if not damn near its worst, three-point shooting percentage of the season. I think this is a good matchup for Syracuse that they can be all right with and, and can end up winning uh, as they've done. So I'll say it's going to be a similar margin. I'll give them an eight-point win. Uh, I do want to address this just before you know we wrap up for today or give some closing thoughts because I just tweeted it, so I figured we could give the numbers on here for those that are not with us on Twitter. Uh, but Syracuse has started games in conference play horrendously. And I, I did a conference stat of this. I could go and, and scrub some of the other games because there are a number of other basketball games where Syracuse has been torched early going. But Syracuse, after five minutes of basketball, has only been leading two games in ACC play so far this season. And those games were by a combined five points, five minutes in. In the last three games of basketball, Syracuse has been outscored 41 to 18 in the first five minutes. Their starts have been atrocious all season long, the last three probably being some of the worst. Uh, they were down seven to UNC. They were down seven to Georgia Tech. They were down nine to Miami after five minutes. It is hard to play hero acrobatic ball to come back from deficits immediately. They got to start figuring out how to start better. I don't know. And I know we say this, right? I don't care what the minutes are or what the lineup is as long as the minutes reflect it. Is it a starting lineup thing? I'm not so sure, right? Especially the way Bell's been playing in the, the UNC game. Uh, and he played 
pretty well um, recently in other games too. Like he he's playing fine. Um, maybe you can say it's a Benny thing, um, but I, I look at this right now and I see just a game where in a situation where I you got to figure something out. So do you mix something up and you go Malik Brown earlier, or do you mix something else up? But you cannot afford, and you've seen it, right? You you make these these big time comebacks to take leads and even take commanding leads as you had for a brief stint against Miami. But imagine if you were just even at the five minute point and then did what you've done uh, in terms of catching up. And now that's expanding lead. So if they can just start a little bit better. And I feel like the opposing team just banks a three to start the game. Every time they go out there, just get something happening, start something, stop something. Uh, and just be break-even ball at the five-minute point. And I think this team is is going to be incredibly well set to put themselves in a position to win after that. I hope you're right. Um, but we'll see. Well, thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. For your second listen, check out Lockdown College Basketball. Here from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball Landscape Lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's on Valentine. See you later.